Hey, T-Rex. Hey, T-Bone. Are you ready to record another episode of Schmanschman? Let's get it. It's Schmanners. Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hi, BB. Hello, my dove and my hatchling, <laughs> my baby bird. <laughs> I love it. Hello, dear. Hello, darling. That's it. That's Goodbye, it. everybody. The end of the show. <laughs> Um, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very, very excited for this episode. Well, I guess I should say, I don't know if excited is the right word. It's, this episode is very, uh, near and dear to my heart. This is, I take names and, um, the calling of names very seriously for a couple reasons. Well, one is which you love your name. I love my name very, very much. I love the cadence. I love the assonance. No. What is it like? I know it's not alliteration. Is it assonance? I think it's, it is assonance when the sound, the vowel sounds are repeated. Repeated, right? Travis Patrick McElroy is yep. my full name. It's just yep. and it's a good. There's lots of like firm consonancy there. So it's a very declarative name. It's a name that you can say if someone's like, "Who are you?" And you say, "I'm Travis Patrick McElroy," and you say it with, <laughs> "Oh, I'm John Proctor," um, and that's the other. So the other reason is I think that. Um, names are, are an extension of people's identity. Um, and, and I, I, I'm not trying to be too foofy about it To uh, like there's in, in, in one of my favorite book series, the Dresden files, they talk about how names are like, you can conjure people with names and like use names and spells and that kind of thing. Not quite that, but like, if you think about a child going from like Billy to William to Bill, like, mm-hmm. People often use stuff like that to, like, determine periods in their life that they, you know, see as, like, well, when I was a child, I was Billy, and then I was William in college, and now just call me Bill, that kind of thing. But I also think that there is a certain amount of, like, people's identity being tied to their names, you know what I mean? Do you know that I tried to get people to call me Terry in college? Really? Yeah. It didn't stick. I think it's because... You're not a Terry. You think? That's it. I mean, that's why. Yes, you're not a Terry. Well, I also think it's because... So I lived in the dorms that year, and on our door to our room were little nameplates, and mm-hmm. they had written Teresa. Yeah. So everyone looked at the door and called me Teresa, even though I want, I was like, you can call me Terry. Call me Terry. Now, now, why, why did you want to change? Why did you want people to call you Terry? Um... Just because I was at college. It because was, you wanted, wanted to create a new you by changing your name. Nickname. This is what I'm saying. I, I think that that kind of thing of like new me, new star, change my name. I like it's very power. Like I think it's powerful. Um, and so I think the getting names right. Like for example, growing up, the number. Okay, the two biggest problems I have as far as names go is for whatever reason, and I'll never understand why this is. Whenever I spell my name out for people, they end up typing out McLeroy, I'll, I'll, M-C-E-L, 
ROI. Oh, it's because they they transpose the L and the E. Well, yes, but I, I don't know why consistently, no matter how hard I hit it, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y <laughs> is how I take it to do it. And still they're like, got it, McLeroy, no, or some other weird version of it. But also, for some reason, people always want to say McElroy. And I, I get that there are probably people out there who do pronounce it McElroy, but my family doesn't. And for some reason, people always want to know why. They'll like people will say to me, "Why isn't it McElroy?" And he's like, Cause "That's not why isn't Smith pronounced Smythe? Like that's just not how you say it." Well, I think that there are some kind of aren't there? There are rules with mix and max and vowels and consonants and things I like that. I Think so. I've read that before, and I always that's what I always cite. Um, but like. I haven't done a deep dive on the accuracy of that statement, mm-hmm. but I have read before that MC consonant is mech and MC vowel is Mac. But really what it comes down to is the MC is in itself an honorific. Um, that means son of in, in like, that's where the name came from. So um, MC uh, it would be like son of Elroy or son of Donald or son of whatever. So and, then what do you call the hamburger place? It's, I mean, it would be son of Donald. <laughs> Son of Donald. So is oh, it's it McDonald's. McDonald's. It's McDonald's. Now, I, I, I have heard people say McDonald's. And I don't think that's correct. I also think that there's um, it's a difference between whether you're talking about the Scottish MC or MAC or uh, Irish. But it also really comes down to a lot of that stuff came down to Ellis Island where people would go through and they'd say, my name is, you know, Gaelic name. And they'd be like. Cool, you're Smith now. Go on through, <laughs> right? A lot of that stuff changed. And so, like, McElroy, there's, it could be Irish, it could be Scottish, it could be um, a, an Ameris, America-sized, whatever, um, version of McGillivray. Thank you. Version of McGillivray. It's not clear. But I like to assume it's the Irish version, because if that's true, it translates to Son of the King, which is just fun. Nice. Um, yes. And Travis means crossroads. And Patrick, um, you really do love your name. I do love my name, and I think maybe that's why Terry didn't stick. Maybe I wasn't. You don't love it. I didn't love it. I, I think, think that's it. I think it's because I wasn't. You know, I wasn't really a stickler about it. I would still answer to Teresa because that is my name. Yeah. And I wanted Terry as a nickname, but no one would really call me it. So. I wasn't emphatic about it. There's also a little bit of, I think there's a little tiny bit of magic to names. Like if you're ever in a crowded room and everybody's talking at the same volume throughout, if someone says your name, you hear it. Absolutely. Like you're so tuned into it. Like on my head will whip around like, what? Huh? What? And they're like, no, we were just talking about you. <laughs> like, it's like, I know you were. It's like you watch those nature documentaries and like they have a whole grouping a flock of birds and like the the mom bird is coming back or the dad bird is coming back and like they can tell their chick that looks the same as every other chick just from their call yeah and i i think uh so so we're going to talk about this a lot more as we go throughout but like your name means something and titles mean something and i think that it is will return to this point over and over again, completely justified to take your name very seriously. 
okay. So this episode is about names and honorifics. Honoraries? Well, we've gone back and forth on this. So an honorific is honorary, but not all honoraries are honorific. I, and it throws me off because when I think honorary, I think like something that's awarded to you and right. something you didn't earn. Well, I mean, that there's a difference of opinion there because if you if you honor someone, it's because they have done something. Okay. Right. Um, like a, a like a lifetime achievement award or something like that. In order to get that honor, they have to have achieved it. You know. Yeah, that's fair. It's I I just always think of like honorary like doctorates and PhD and degrees given to celebrities from colleges when they speak at them, which I've always wanted. I'll take an honorary doctorate. <laughs> Any day, I will be honorary Dr. Travis McRoy. If you got one before Justin got oh, one. I want it so oh bad. I want it so bad. He might explode. That's fair. That's fair. And you know what? Good. No, I don't want my brother to explode. It's just a joke. Just a joke, folks. Um, so okay, let's so, get into it. Yeah, we got a lot of questions. So I'm going to keep the, the history part quite short. Um, first of all. I'd like to touch on the idea of Mr. and Mrs. Spelled capital M-R period and capital M-R-S period. Okay. So um, the origin of these two honorifics was a little, uh, a little misleading to me. So I had always thought that Mr. was the honorific was the shortening of the word mi- mister, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So the the long the elongated word mister. It is not. It is an abbreviation for the word master. Uh-huh. Mhm. Um meaning like master of the house. The the highest ranking male in the family. Okay. And then Mrs. I, I suppose, I guess I'd always thought that it was, again, just the shortening of the word Mrs. M-I-S-S-U-S. Exactly. But it is not. It is the shortening, an abbreviation for mistress. Okay. Which, again, is the highest ranking female in a household. So then what did you call the second people? Was that like Miss and Sir and... So... um. There there came a period in time where Mr. and Master became separated. Okay. Where they no longer meant the same thing. They had they had a differentiation to them. Where Mr. was any male of elevated stature stature, right? But then Master came to mean almost like the son of, so like yeah, okay, the yeah. The son or the or the younger of, so that you would sense. have like uh, the mister of the manor and then Master John, right? That you would What's that? There's a play, right? Master I don't know. But that's the thing of like I I I associate that with like um boarding schools and stuff in movies right. where mm-hmm. everybody is Master Thomas and Master Smith and right. because it would be weird to call a 10-year-old mister. <laughs> Um, and the same thing, sort of, with Miss. Um, miss could mean the younger of, 
or it could also mean the unwed of. So if you had, um, uh, if there was a, quote, spinster in the family, she would always be called Miss, no matter how old she got. Oh, okay. So we should also just go ahead right now and say this is... It's interesting to talk about this because we get a a, a lot uh, stuck up in traditions and like right. historically this is the way it's been, um, and and it's weird because I okay what's interesting to me is as you discuss this it all makes total sense for the time period in which we are discussing right, right. Where it's like oh you're addressing a master of a house where you need to know the difference between the master of the house and like his younger brother who might also live there and you need to know the hierarchy and the ranking of things. And maybe he has a grown son who also lives there. Oh, is he the master of the house? No, he's, and it's like, okay, yep. You need all those things put in place now, but now, now you don't, you don't really need it. Um, I suppose that you, you probably need it more when you are writing a formal letter because of the formality of it. Um, but addressing people nowadays doesn't doesn't require that much because, first of all, we have surnames, right? When a, there was a period in time when you didn't. You were just son of, wife of, daughter of, things of that nature. Um, but now we have surnames so that we can tell people apart. Um, and also, we don't live in those those family units as much anymore we kind of like go out to different towns and different places so even if we have the same name our location is different enough that we aren't confused with the other of the same name do you think and we're going to talk more about like uh newer honorifics and stuff like that and other honorifics but do you think that can you foresee a time in which we head to a place where people are no longer using like you know mr mrs miss that kind of thing i do actually um, because the, the fact of the matter is our, our language is constantly evolving and the gendering of language is something that I think is being phased out. Well, especially, and we got a lot of questions and I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but like when you think about the like taking of last names for marriage and like calling, uh, somebody wrote a question, I don't think it made it into the list, but somebody talked about like their grandmother, uh, addressing them as mrs their husband's full name so like mrs thomas blank or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's like okay okay i i'm actually just still my me i'm not no longer now a part of my husband um but that used that was how it used to be people like would have addressed letters to you a hundred years ago as Mrs. Travis McElroy. Exactly. And that, I think, like I said before, that speaks to the formality of the language um, that's necessary for for written correspondence that is no longer quite as necessary today. Um, At least not in... I, 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 I don't want to speak for all, cu- all, all cultures um, because I don't know. I, I know that there are some cultures for whom... Um, levels of status and how they address each other is still very, very, very important. Yes. And it's loosening a lot here in America, at least, it feels. And we're back. Had to take a quick pacifier break there. We were just getting (laughs) a little fussy. She was drowning me out, I think. Yeah, she has her own opinions. As the next generation, she has uh, strong opinions on gendering honorifics. Well, I I think in, in the English language, one of the first sort of um, 
middle grounds that was that was made is in the addition of Miz. Yes. Yes. Uh, that that actually wasn't made till the twentieth century, um, and so and that was a way of um, in the time giving a kind of middle ground between married and unmarried, where married was Mrs. and unmarried was Miss. But if you didn't wish to be singled out as either one of those, or, I mean, if you didn't want to be categorized by either one, you put Ms. I And to go one step further, and I'm sure we were going to talk about this eventually, there's also um, non-gendering um, uh, honorifics. I, uh, mix is one of them, MX, which I also saw could be pronounced with like a schwa of like mux, ma, ma, I don't know. Mix makes the most sense to me for MX, but basically could be used either by people who don't identify as any gender or as people who don't want to be identified by their gender. Um, exactly. Like if they're being interviewed by a newspaper or whatever. Um, and I think according to Merriam-Webster, according to Mer- Merriam-Webster <laughs> defines, uh, but I saw an article uh, that uh, it was first used in the 70s, MX, um, but it has only more recently started to really kind of like uh, take root and become more common. Sure. Um, I don't know. It, it's... Makes sense to me because when you think about it, I mean, I think we all grew up in school calling our teachers Mr. and Mrs. and Miss and stuff as like a, a as sign of respect is like a differentiation. Certainly. Yeah, I, well, I think it's more of a of a elevation title. You want to uh, as uh, as children, you are taught that adults are are higher than you in the hierarchy of people and so you delineate them by giving them the honorific of mr mrs miss things like that whereas you would call a peer their first name or or last name if you're being fun or last name you know those i was called mcroy a lot in college (laughs) um but i but i think so what i i i I think that what i can foresee is us eventually reaching a point where we just have one honorific that just means like sign of respect person you know what i mean that's just like m or whatever that has no it doesn't change depending on your marital status or where you fall on the gender spectrum or any of that it's just like this is what children call their teachers and what you call your boss when you're being very formal and that kind of thing and because i what I don't want to see, I, it would be weird. Maybe this will be the future, but it's weird to me to see like an eight-year-old walk into teacher be like, yo, Todd, what's up? <laughs> we going to have a test today? Like, that's weird to me. You know what I mean? Um, but I also think that it's, I, I don't know why. No, I do know why it was. I just don't think it's uh, proving necessary anymore to have the delineation. Well, as far as the, the teacher delineation goes, I think that the Jewish tradition is actually really progressive when you call your teacher rabbi you just say rabbi smith there's there's no mr mrs anything in there it's teacher smith i see that wouldn't be bad why don't we just go with that just call him like teacher jones teacher you know whatever sure um teacher teacherson um (laughs) son of teacher teacher three the teaching oh i i should also say uh, as far as the uh, we talked about like non-gendering, I've also seen some sources say Miss 
it's spelled like M I S C miscellaneous, but it would be like M I and I've never seen that in the wild. I like that was a new one on me. Mm-hmm. And it seems as far as if you were just saying it out loud, doesn't do much to differentiate between miss and miss. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Mix makes more sense to me. So briefly, um, I want to touch on the idea of a of a married person changing their name. Um, so this is actually a uniquely English phenomenon. Um, it, it really only happens in English-speaking countries um, where a woman is expected to change her name to her husband's name. Traditionally. Traditionally. Um, whereas it, it doesn't happen in a lot of other, a lot of other, uh, other countries and faiths and, and really? cultures. Really? That I did not know. Really, really. I believe you. That was not like a, <laughs> I don't believe you, really, but more of like an interjection of surprise and interest. Um, and I think that this, from my research, what this comes from is the idea that we didn't really have surnames. It was kind of like John of Henry and and things like that. So you were of kind of the head of your family. Yeah. And so you became, once you were married, a woman became Henrietta, wife of Henry. So does it, So it seems like it tracks back to like, when families, it was more of a clan thing than it was like a family thing. Yeah, kind of. So kind you're of. joining. It's not because I've I've always assumed it was like, and I, there's just no nice way to say this that it happened because you were being seen as now being legally tied or in some cases legal property of your new husband. But when it's put like, no, you're joining that family unit. Okay. Except it still is like, well, aren't they also joining your family unit? No, really. Um, because at this point in history, females weren't really worth as much as males. And so... Societally. Societally. Yeah. And so when you when a female joined a family as a wife, it then was kind of like one plus zero still equals one type idea whereof you were two actual people but you really only counted for one person Uh, because only the husband counted hence mr and mrs thomas smith yes got it that sucks um yes it when you i I don't mean i I don't mean the idea of taking someone's name because i i teresa took my name um i did and and I think that if that's a choice that you make, where it's like, yeah, cool, I want to form, this is a choice that I'm making, and this is what I'm going with, and I want to take the, perfectly fine. The expectation of doing it because that other person doesn't matter as much as the other, that sucks. Right. So that's the part of the tradition that's kind of, uh, kind of you know, cloudy, shady. But I think that, you know, there are ways to hold on to any name that you want. Um, and if it's important to you to keep your name, you should do it. If it's important to you to change your name, you should do it. And in modern society today, getting married is kind of a like a, a free pass to change your name as the woman. Like I was able to keep all four of my names. I just moved my former last name into the middle name slot. So now I have two middle names. 
and um, McElroy is is my last name, but my maiden name still appears on all of my special documents. And and really, I think that really what it comes down to, uh, what we're dancing around here is Teresa added McElroy because she saw the branding opportunities <laughs> and. She wanted to join the McElroy family of podcasts, and you can't do that unless McElroy should last. It's a whole legal thing we've got going, but she just wanted to really hitch her wagon to my star. <laughs> no, that's not it. Thanks for throwing me under the bus. That's there. not it at all. Um, you know, she just wanted to be a McElroy. It's fine. McElroys are great. I love McElroy's them. McElroys are great. So, um, like I said, being changing your name at marriage. Um, the the legal process is a lot smoother and cheaper. It's a lot smoother, exactly, and almost free. Um, I think that you have to pay like a nominal fee, maybe five ten bucks, to change it on your social security card. Um, but like to get it on your passport, I think you just have to pay for the actual passport fee, like you would if you were getting a new one. Um, things like that. So it's it's a lot easier to change it at marriage for the one party for the other party it's a lot harder um because that's just not the way that society is set up right now and that really sucks um but it is that's how it's set up um i i don't think uh i don't think it will surprise anyone who has listened to Teresa and i ever discuss uh gender and uh issues of that before to say society is not super set up great for any of this right now. Yeah. But I will say, I, here's here's what I will say, the good news. Uh, I am 33 and a half. Teresa is on her way to... 32. 32. Uh, very soon. And in my years, this, like, if you would talk to me at 10, 13... And told me that some people are Mr. And some people are Mrs. And some people are Mix. I would have been like, what are you talking about? What does that mean? That I have no reference for that. And also, I should say, it would have also been a very strange conversation. Because I don't know anybody that was having that conversation with anyone. At least not in my world. Um, and now, the fact that we are doing an episode about names and honoraries. And we received... Mm, 20 or 30 questions about non-binary like honorifics is like okay cool yep keep keep having this conversation and about like changing your married name and mr and mrs and how to address america all that because it seems like just in 20 years you know you're never where you want to be but Mm -hmm. if you look back at where you came from it always seems like you've come so far you know what I mean? And legally speaking, this has always been the precedent. You are allowed to call yourself whatever it is you want to call yourself. Um, we had a question where somebody said, if I don't take uh, my partner's last name, can I still be Mrs.? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's not a legal thing. It's not like calling yourself doctor or esquire. Go for it. Um, and even as far as just not the honorifics, your name, legally, you can call yourself what you want. You do have to go through processes. Um, and there have been very few cases where one of those processes are, one of those processes is you um, submitting your name before a judge and the judge has uh, has declined your request. That has happened, but it really doesn't happen very much at all. Um, 
one of the other processes you have to do is submit your name in a local newspaper for review. And if there are any objections, they have to file an official objection with the courts. You also have to mail your name to yourself and then not open the letter. So that way you have, <laughs> I think it's copywritten at that point. So there, there is a process to go through, but it is by far and away seamless as far as getting it done. So like you could call yourself what you like and there are very few opportunities for people to tell you, no, you can't. I, I will also say, because I have seen people before, before, especially when we have done weddings episodes, I am, I am usually, uh, uh, I will poo-poo some traditions that I see as uh, especially uh, uh, sexist or offensive. And I'm sorry about that. Um, and so let me say, I will also say that I can see a very good reason for the changing of names post-marriage which is we are now, this is a new road that we are going down. This is a new part of our lives. I've seen people who both changed their last names to a brand new name. Um, so in some cases, a mixture of their previous names, or in some cases, brand new names that they've chosen as this is going to be our family unit's name because we are now together in this and we were two halves and now hold that kind of thing. I think, yeah, definitely. We did, like, well, we didn't, I didn't change my last name. As said, I love it. Um, but, like, I I totally get that. I'm not saying changing your name is dumb and no one should do it. In fact, I think it's great. If you're going by a name, whether it's because, you know, it's a name you were born with that you don't identify with or you just hate your name and you want to change it to to suit who you are, yeah, you should do that. You should love your name as much as I do. Hi, I'm Travis McElroy. <laughs> Let's talk about names. Do you love your name like I do? Let's work on it. You've joined my five-part course. And on that note, let's uh, send some thank you notes, shall we? Folks, this week, we I don't know why that was so dramatic. <laughs> no why I started, like, we have something very... Listen, gather around. Leaning close. <laughs> Try the world. I like so we uh, we're sponsored this week by Try the World, um, which is uh, a healthy snack subscription service box thing full of goodies. What I really from like about, all around the world. This is what I really like about it. You see, because what I like about it is right there in the name a command. Hey, <laughs> do it. Try the world. <gasps> okay, like you know exactly what you're being asked to do when you sign up for it. You got to try the world because here's the thing. I I will say that. I have, you know, for a long time, bad habit, and I think I've talked about this before, rolling up to the store, grabbing the same bag of chips, same box of cookies, the same whatever, rolling home, and then just eating it while watching Boy Meets World reruns <laughs> over and over and over again. That was my everyday. I was stuck in a weird Groundhog's Day <laughs> snacking TV experience. But with Try the World... We received a box full of delicious snacks right yeah. to our door that we had never experienced before. And I, listen, I'm also not going to sit here and preach about the healthiness of them because I'm not an expert in that kind of thing. But a lot of the snacks included like toasted coconut and uh, like uh, fig bars, that kind of thing where it's just like, okay, I don't feel bad about like my eating choices 
after like having one of these snacks. You know what I mean? There was like a toasted quinoa treat that I do not feel bad about. I feel no. really good about that. I ate that bag probably all by myself. And it reminded me of like a like a Rice Krispie treat kind of oh, thing, yeah. but like but like awesomer. Yeah. Um. And so try the world snacks. Uh. Well, snacks by Try the World brings you five all natural, healthy snacks from five different countries. Um, and they'll tell you all about it. And uh, right now you can go to trytheworld.com, T-R-Y-T-H-E-W-O-R-L-D.com and get $10 off your next box of healthy snacks with code SNACKS, S-N-A-C-K-S, SNACKS, SNACKS, SNACKS. Go to trytheworld.com, get $10 off your next box of healthy snacks with code SNACKS, SNACKS. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. And we host the first podcast ever made, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Every Monday, we put out the first ever advice comedy podcast ever. They found our podcast on Dead Sea Scrolls. We're the Hammurabi Code of podcasts, and we're ready to entertain you with jokes that we invented the first jokes. So join us every Monday on MaximumFun.org. You'll never crack our code, Dan Brown. Just try me. It's history in the making. And in the faking. And it's all yours for the taking. My name is Patrick. My name is Parker. Max FunCon has been a huge inspiration in my life. And now I have this network of friends that I've made that span literally across the entire globe, and they're some of my favorite people in the world. I truly cannot believe the amount of wonderful and lasting friendships that have come out of this. If you feel like you might not fit in, as long as you're a good person, you'll fit in because everyone there is good and amazing and kind and wonderful and you should absolutely go it will be the best decision of your life make a ton of new friends like parker and patrick at max FunCon. tickets for max FunCon and max FunCon east are on sale now at maxfuncon.com all right we had a lot of questions this week um and let's get into some of them let's get into it um Let's see. This first one is from Where is Control? I love, listen, I love y'all. <laughs> Some of your Twitter names make me feel silly saying them out loud on various shows. <laughs> this is from Where is Control, who asks, what's the best name to ask someone how their name is pronounced? Is it more advisable to attempt their name first? Um, I think if you're in the situation where they can't, introduce themselves to you um you i'm gonna say that it's probably best to ask them how to say their name first um without trying to pronounce it um and i know that i have in the past advocated uh if it is a a uh, english and i or americanized version of like a french thing like croissant that you can just say the american version um, but I think that names, like we talked about, really have so much importance that it's important to get it right. So pronounce, uh, ask them how they pronounce their name if they have not already spoken it to you. And, and I think the other side of that, too, is like if you have a name that you know has in your life experiences, people tend to kind of butcher or like, you know, fumble over. 
just be ready. I, I remember uh, uh, learning about like auditions and stuff in college where um, I it, it like if you had a name that was more complicated than Smith, we were always taught by our teachers like when you get up to do your audition and say your name, just go ahead and spell it. Just like say uh, Travis McElroy, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y, like just spell it rather than because you don't want to have any complications. And I think the same way of like if you have a name that's difficult to pronounce saying like uh just so you know or just unfamiliar yeah right uh, where it's just like um, and people yeah don't feel bad people always uh, uh, it's McElroy okay thank you and then go sit down or whatever you know what I mean like yeah but I also think asking always better than assuming agreed to, to that same I mean to this point um I've gotten in the habit of when meeting new people asking preferred pronouns and, like, it's a thing that two years ago, like, I would have said, oh, I'd feel so awkward just asking. People have always been, like, oh, thank you. It's, a, like, it's so much better than, like, trying to suss it out awkwardly. And But just ask. Just ask. Absolutely. And um, I'm sure that we got questions about people um, correcting mispronunciations um, and I think that this is this is one of the things where there is a little bit of a scale of what does this interaction mean to you? If it is a very slight passing kind of interaction that you'll never see this person ever again, do I think that you need to correct them as far as like the nuances of your name? Probably not. But if this is someone that you are going to encounter um, off and on and again and again, I think that it's a good idea to, you know, clear the air and make sure that, that everybody knows what's expected of them as far as what you prefer to be called. To give examples of like what you're saying, the person at Starbucks who misspells your name on your cup, probably fine to let that one slide. Being introduced to a potential professional colleague or someone who runs in the same circles as you, even if you might not end up being friends with them, probably want to make sure that they know your name. Because what you don't want to happen is for them to say the wrong name 10 times and then have a third party go, that's not their name, which I have been a part of at least twice. <laughs> and it is fun for it. No parties involved. Exactly. So, so that that is a, a time when you should have constantly corrected the name. Um, and I, I know that people worry about sounding rude, but the person who becomes embarrassed in that situation should not be you. It's the person who is constantly getting your name wrong. That is the person who, who gets embarrassed. So don't worry about being rude because you have done nothing wrong. The yeah, the first time uh, I mispronounced your name, you correct me. Both parties involved there should feel no embarrassment about either of that. But if you correct me and I keep mispronouncing it and you keep correcting me and I keep doing it, that shows a lack of respect, a lack of interest. It's 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 either willfully disrespectful or I don't care enough about you to listen to you when you correct me. Mm -hmm. That's not a person whose opinion you need to worry about. Um, this next question comes from Shannon, and this, who, is one I don't have an answer to. Is there a polite way to address someone, parentheses, a stranger, 
in parentheses, without using ma'am or sir? Um, I came across a couple of options, some of which I like and some of which I am a little, I don't know, on the fence about. Um, there are, there's the idea of a friend. You can call someone friend, call someone partner. Uh, if it's if you're feeling especially, I mean, Western, Western. Uh, Excuse me, partner. <laughs> I like that, but that's only because I'm always feeling especially Western. A citizen, comrade. Well, hold on, <laughs> hold on. Getting a little, mm, getting a little socialist there. I don't know how I feel. Like I said, I'm on the fence about a couple of these, um, but when it comes down to it, I think that. In in American society today, you can really convey a lot of respect with your tone, and sir and ma'am aren't really necessary. Um, so if you're going to say thank you or excuse me, just have a really respectful tone, and you you don't really have to worry about sir or ma'am. Especially when we're talking about interactions with strangers. Now, if it's someone you like work with or know or something, and you know that they prefer sir or prefer to be called ma'am sure yeah yeah like if you're you know in the military or like if you're whatever like girlfriend's dad wants to be called sir yeah that's totally cool but the question i think here from shannon is like one of like assuming it which don't yeah you don't have to um I mean, Ari asked, I think we've already dealt with this. Is it considered rude to correct people on the pronunciation of your name? No. No. You you wouldn't correct them if they got your address wrong. Why do you worry about correcting them if they got your name wrong? Like, it's it's fine. It's information. It is factual information that they got incorrect. You can even... um you can even suggest that they call you something different from what you've been introduced as or however you sign your emails or whatever by saying, um, my name is, what's it? Uh, my name is John, but you can call me Jack. Yeah. Or I prefer to be called. I like that better than you can call me because you can call me implies like if you should choose mm. as opposed to I prefer to be called Jack means I want you to do that. I That's will be good. most comfortable if you do that. Agreed. Um, but I, I I, also think that it's a matter of tone. So stay Travis McElroy to me. Travis McElroy? Oh, I, it's actually McElroy, right? It's much different from. Travis McElroy? It's McElroy. Exactly. And um, you don't have to futz around as much as Travis did with his... Uh, I his, like to. I like to be folksy and adorable. His Hugh Grant impression over there. Oh, actually, <laughs> it's uh, McElroy. Oh, but like I said before, tone is very important when addressing humans. And, and, I, and I will also say, that can be very tough, especially if you have gone your whole life with people mispronouncing your name. Sometimes there's some bleed over from that to a new encounter with someone. But, like, I, I think that tone is the way to protect against that. And, you know, it, they don't know. <laughs> they don't. Some people just don't know. Um, but I, I think that entering into it with, like, I'm going to assume uh, uh, ignorance rather than malice in this case is, is a little bit uh, a way to avoid that, that feeling. Uh, this is from Faye. If someone has a fairly common nickname that their friends like to call them, 
uh, like if their name is Christopher, but their friends call them Chris, is there a point in your friendship where you can also call them by that nickname? Um, if they have been introduced to you as Chris, you're welcome to call them Chris um, because hopefully they've been privy to that introduction and agreed to it. Um, I think that you can always ask. You can always say, can I call you Chris? And they can say yes or no. Um, you know, we, we really talk about communication on this podcast a lot. And I think that this is one of those instances when you really can ask for what you want and you can say, may I call you Chris? And they can say yes or no. This question, uh, is from Cassandra, uh, whose last name I will not try to pronounce for reasons that will become clear in the course of this question. If you have an incredibly hard last name to pronounce, is it okay just to spell the last name right off the bat without saying it or say it first and then spell the name when they ask for it? I I really liked your suggestion as far as just say it and spell it. Yep. So that you you have a kind of understanding with the world that this is hard, I understand, let me help you out. Yep. And and I and I think it does it I've I've done it all my life, as far as I can remember, at least since I was like 15, and I've never felt rude saying, hi, Travis McElroy, M-C-E-L-R-O-Y. Like, it's just, I say it in the same breath as I say my last name, just so people don't look under M-A-C or McLeroy or whatever. It's just information. It's just the way to go, you know? This, once again, the same as if you're giving someone your address and the street name is spelled weird, you would spell it. You know what I mean? Like you're giving someone factual information. Agreed. Um, this question is from uh, Ashley. How do I get people to stop using a nickname I hate? People tend to default to Ash with me, which I hate. I try to nip it in the bud with an actually I prefer Ashley. And first time they say it, but I worry that's a bit rude. And also I will say I very much relate to this. There are very, very few people in my life who I will let call me Trav and uh, I would say absolutely zero that I would let call me Travi because that makes me feel like I'm eight and I am a grown person. Um, I think that the best advice I can offer Ashley is that they should not feel rude con- correcting anyone. If that is what you would like to be called every single time someone calls you by the wrong name, you can nicely with a, with a gracious tone, say, I prefer Ashley, and then continue along, you know, whatever the conversation is going. Um, and if, if it is a relationship that, um, that both parties are happy pursuing, I think that that will, that will change, you know, they'll, they will call you the correct name. And if there's ever somebody who does it because they want to get your goat a little bit and it's like, oh, I'm going to wheedle you a little bit, I think it's also perfectly fine to say, I don't answer to that name. Which, or just don't answer to yeah, the name. <laughs> because that's the thing is like, I've also known a lot of people that you're like, oh, I hate that nickname or whatever. And they're like, mm, I'm little digs. Oh, this shows we've got a playful banter because I'm using a thing that kind of... But sometimes you're like, no, I hate that name <laughs> and i think that it's fine to say i don't answer to that and like because to quote john proctor because it is your name it is it is yours it is one of the few things in this world that people can't take away from you and if they try to 
you should not give it up. I, I don't mean to sound dramatic, but I, I'm such a big fan of identity and what identity should mean to you. And that should extend and I think in many ways be informed by the name you go by. Identity is so important. If you let other people define your identity for you, they're taking something away from you. So um, I my general advocation is that you just don't respond because if you don't answer to that name, they can't call you that. Uh, this question is from Amar. What's the best way to handle asking someone for their name again when you have met before, but you forgot it the first time around? Emily Post, I think, has a has a really great um, suggestion for this. She says, in the same breath, apologize first. I'm terribly sorry. What is your name again? And then that gets it right out of there. Um, because if you've, if you've met someone already and you do recognize them, you can see that on a person's face. You can see the fact that, oh, I, I remember seeing you before, but I'm terrible with names. Please remind me of your name. In fact, I would go a step further and say, if you meet someone whom you imagine might, maybe, I think you can walk up and be like, hey, it's Travis. We met at the thing. And then that gives them the opportunity. Like, yeah, of course. Right. Not every time. You don't have to do it on like the 10th time you see them at an event. But like the second time, you know, I think it's fine to just introduce yourself again. Hey, it's Travis. We And don't say, I don't know if you remember or you don't remember me, do you? Or anything that challenges their ability to remember you. It's it's so frustrating to me when people do that to me of like, you don't remember me, do you? Because then if I do, we've started on a really awkward footing. Yeah, I do. You're Steve. But if I don't, we're on an even more awkward footing because the only answer I have is no. You're right. I don't remember you. Do you feel good now? <laughs> so just walk up and say, hey, it's Travis. We meant at the thing. I don't know. like, And that way it goes. But I, I also think in a lot of these occasions, what you're asking is, is it better to have a moment's awkwardness or underlying tension in yourself throughout the whole conversation? And I go for a moment's awkwardness. And so does Emily Post. She says that it is just fine if you have a momentary lapse of memory or um, maybe it was a very fleeting interaction to just apologize and, and ask for the name again in the same breath. Um, this question, I don't know if we know the answer to this, but I thought this was such an interesting conversation that if other people knew the answer, I wanted to ask. Clayton asks, when a person has multiple honoraries or titles, like Dr. Major, uh, Deborah Smith, PhD, what would be the correct way to address this person in a formal setting or even a formal letter? I like Dr. Major, but that's just me, attorneys general. Is it my assumption is whatever their highest ranking title, like if they're doctor, you could call them doctor. Well, according to Emily Post, in a formal address, as far as like a letter goes, you're welcome to put as many of those as you know that they have. So you can say uh, Dr. Major Smith, PhD. Esquire, the third. You can in in a formal address like that. You can put as many as you as you want, as they want. Um, but 
if you're going to address them socially, um, you have to pick just a few. So if you're going to use Esquire, don't use Mr. or Miss. If you're going Esquire is a lawyer, right? Right, okay. right, right. Um, if you're going to use doctor, you, you don't use Mr. or Miss. If you're going to use major or, you know, sergeant or whatever, don't use Mr. or Miss. So you have to, you have to kind of select the one that you're going to use um, so that it doesn't become too cumbersome in conversation. But in the letter, you're welcome to use as many as they have. I, we, we had a question. I, I just realized they didn't include it, but I made a joke about the third. And somebody asked about why, like, calling, uh, naming daughters junior, ne- like junior and the third and that kind of thing never really took off. And I wonder if that has to do with, like, line of succession and inheritance of, like, you name your first son, Travis McRoy, the first, so that, like, that's who your stuff goes to or if it has to do with like royal lines or what i'd be interested to find that out if anybody knows why like Teresa mcroy jr isn't a thing like maybe it is and it's just not as popular as like naming you know male children travis mcroy jr. i don't know it's an interesting question it had never occurred to me until i read that question I'm like i don't know any female juniors I don't know. I don't think that's an honorific, though, as far as that goes. I think that that is is something in a name that you are given. I could argue or make an argument that it is if we're talking about, like, royal lines, because you don't become that until you become, like, the king or queen. Exactly, because you are allowed as a king or queen to choose your name. What, really? Yeah. We talked about that in the Victoria episode. I know, but I don't remember anything. <laughs> I don't, you know, listen. Um, uh, this question is from Allison. Last name hyphenation. Which way does it traditionally go and why? Uh, also asked, where did it start? But as far as like married names, if, if you were, well, would it be Wellman McElroy, McElroy Wellman? Traditionally speaking, the husband's name goes first. Because, again, we talked about how there was the kind of... Um, assimilation of two people into one of the husband so traditionally if you're going to hyphenate the male's name goes first but um nowadays whatever you like yeah really doesn't matter which one goes first maybe which one sounds better i would want to go with cadence i think that it would really be a sound thing for me whereas wellman mcelroy sounds a little better than McElroy Wellman to Okay, me. well, maybe I'm biased because I was going to say McElroy Wellman because McElroy has a very strong first uh, Mac. It's it, boom. And then Wellman is kind of like the, the, uh, 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 the, the like breath out. Um, but but it kind I of, also might be biased because I love the name McElroy. But it kind of trails off. Wellman feels very down, mm-hmm. whereas McElroy has like kind of a strength throughout where I would want to finish strong. Okay. All right. Okay. Hey, fine by me. Whatever you want in this hypothetical <laughs> fictional scenario. Non, my non-hyphenated name. Uh, this question is from Stormy. How do you get people who refuse to use my nickname to use it instead of my birth name, which I haven't used as my day-to-day name in almost 10 years? Alternatively, how to reply to people who immediately ask, is that your real name? I can answer that second one real quick. Okay. Respond, that's the name I go by. The end. 
But yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the name I go by. That's my name. That's the name that I answer to. I, I mean, what is a real name? Exactly. What is a? It's uh, not my fictional name. It is not my <laughs> nom de plume. So if someone asked me, is that your real name? I would say, it is my name. Yeah. It is the name um, I identify with. And so getting people to call you the name that you have chosen or your nickname, you just have to use it like any anyone else would. Um, where someone says, like we talked about earlier, Ashley prefers to be called Ashley instead of Ash. Um, you would say, I prefer to be called Jane instead of Jamie. You know, I think... I'm developing an interesting theory. Go with me here. All right. Because I, along with, I would bet a lot of people, um, including you, tried to do like a in, in college, call me Mac, that kind of thing. And maybe it's like putting on an ill-fitting coat or like wearing a hat that doesn't suit you. You can do it and you might even be able to force it, but people will be able to look at you and go, mm, it just, mm, that doesn't fit you know what i mean like i'm trying to force a thing not because mac is me i and i don't know where this falls on like my whole choose a name that suits you and that you identify with and is you versus like an aspirational name maybe like my dad is mac and so i saw it as like this is a family nickname i think his dad was mac i was like ah family nickname this would be cool if i continued on the family nickname but it doesn't it just doesn't in retrospect now doesn't suit me. Travis is who I am. And I think that that's, that's the thing where it's, it's about kind of the truth inside you where. That's beautiful. Aw, thanks. <laughs> where, I, again, I tried to get people to call me Terry, but I had never been called Terry. No one had, I hadn't answered to Terry. It was kind of, like you said, kind of an ill-fitting coat. It wasn't my truth. And my truth is Teresa. So it didn't stick. And I think that that is kind of good advice for anyone. Um, and for and for this question asker, mm-hmm. if this nickname is your truth, assert yourself. Stand in it. Stand in it. You can do it. All right. I think on that note, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you for joining us. Um, I do want to say Teresa and I are embarking on, a, on an additional project. We are not Schmanners, of course, will continue. But we are also going to do a much more casual, much more um, uh, non-etiquette-based um, <laughs> project. Um, you know, we wanted to do uh, a kind of media rewatch thing because we watch a lot of media. And um, rather than pick, like, one specific show, uh, we thought we'd just do a bunch. So we're doing a, a podcast called The Kind Rewind. Um, where we watch stuff that we love and it is not about picking it apart or like, uh, I can't believe we used to like this, but it's more like trying to remember why we love the things we do, taking a look at them uh, both from a nostalgia standpoint and for people who have never seen it before. Is it something that you could introduce someone to now and them still like? And also, does it hold up? I mean, we will definitely be looking at uh, that with a critical eye and not only does it hold up quality wise but also does it hold up uh, by like modern standards and you know are there jokes made that everybody kind of that didn't bump with anybody in 1992 but now everybody knows like that's very offensive and like there are probably people who are upset by it then but they didn't have Twitter to say anything about it all of this and more 
Yes, all this and more. The Kind Rewind, uh, our first um, couple episodes, I think the first four episodes, we're going to watch Buffy Season 1, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 1. So we'll be doing three episodes of Buffy per first episode. Um, so if you'd like to follow along, uh, we have been told by Hulu that Buffy is available on Hulu. So you can check out the first three episodes in preparation. Um, it's also on Twitter, at The Kind Rewind. Um, and on iTunes and all of that. Um, so that'll be coming up soon. You can follow this show on Twitter at SchmannersCast. Um, you can join our Facebook group. I did want to say real quick, um, every week when we put out the episode topic uh, and we're looking for questions, I would like to ask people not to attempt to answer those questions in, in that thread because my reasoning behind this is I think when people comment their questions in that thread their expectation is that it is to be answered on the show and they may not be looking for crowdsourced answers um and i and i just don't want any kind of friction between group members who were not looking for other group members to answer their questions what i would suggest is once the episode goes up one we post the episode and you can comment below that or if you then if your question wasn't answered or if it made if the episode made you think of something, then we would love you to continue the discussion on the Facebook page. But as far as the question uh, request goes, let's just leave that for questions and save answers for later. Um, let's see what else. What else, Teresa? Um, well, as always, I want to thank Brent Bentelfloss Black for our uh Themes music, which is available as a ringtone. Also, happy birthday. Well, his birthday was a couple days ago. Happy belated birthday. Happy belated birthday, Brent. And then Kayla M. Wasso for our beautiful banner and thumbnail art. Um, go check out all the other amazing shows at MaximumFun.org. There's a ton on there, um, and they're all great, and I'm a big fan of all of them. Um, thanks to Emily Post for being her for being <laughs> awesome um if you go into emily post book etiquette um there are some really great charts about uh what to call people and how to address them and uh it goes into even the detail of the first time you meet someone what you should call them for example when you meet the president you should call him mr president and after that sir um and there's just some really great um resources in there so go check it out um and i think that's gonna do it for us join us again next week no rsvp required you've been listening to schmanners manners schmanners get it MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.